Happy Sabbath. How many of you guys are happy to be here? Raise your hands if you're happy to be here. If you're very, very happy to be here, raise both of your hands. Amen? Amen. Oh my goodness, I haven't done that for a long time. Very happy to be here. Um, so we have been going through this series on man of God, man of God, man or woman of God. Sometimes I feel like, where, where, are, where are the men of God? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where are the women of God? Are we going extinct? Well, God says no. The world may seem dark and hopeless, but God has reserved his people. Eliza did not see that in the beginning, right? He thought he was all alone. He thought he was the only one who stayed faithful to God. But God came to him in a gentle whisper and told Elijah that that things were way better than he had ever imagined. The world we live in may feel dark and depressing at times. It seems like we live in the days of Elijah. Families are dysfunctional. Churches seem to be failing. Our nation seems to be going down the drain. And the world is in turmoil. Everybody only cares for themselves, their own health, their own wealth, and their own well-being. It seems that everyone is engulfed with idolatry of me and mine and all other idols. But God says no. It's not as bad as we think because God is still in control. There are many who have not bowed down to the idols. Many decide to stay faithful to God. There are men of God like Obadiah, um, men of God in 1 Kings in chapter 20. We don't know the name. Naboth, Micaiah, and Elisha. And Elisha, um, Elisha's ministry comes to an end. When Elijah's ministry came to an end, Elijah passed the baton. Well, it was a mantle, but he passed the baton to Elisha, and Elisha carried on. Just when Elisha thought, I'm the only one and there's no more, he was able to build another person to carry on the work of God. And if you know the Bible, Elisha does way more amazing things compared to Elijah. So that's what we have learned so far, and today is the last of our seven sermon series on Elijah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day. And now, Lord, as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. 2 Kings chapter 2, okay? 2 Kings chapter 2. We're going to read it one more time, verses 11 and 12. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire And horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elijah saw him no more. In grade school, I had to take public transportation 
to go to school and come back home every day. Oh man, different, different times then. You know what I mean? Different times. I, oh man. Does that mean I'm old? Is that what it means? My best friend in grade school came from a very wealthy family and he would get dropped off by his family car and a chauffeur every day. Okay? But sometimes I'll be standing at the bus station and then my friend and his family car would drive by and then my friend would see me and they would stop the car and give me a ride. So they would pick me up in this beautiful, awesome car. I would sit down. I'm like, you know what this means? I can save my money and I can arrive at school in style. You know what I'm saying? So every time they did that, I was like, oh, so happy. I would get in the car. I'm like, I am so excited to be picked up by my friend. Elijah's ascension to heaven was another level of getting picked up by a friend. You know what I mean? God sent a special chariot ride to take Elijah up to heaven. Can you imagine Elijah? Look at this picture. Okay, can you imagine Elijah and Elisha are kind of talking and walking together and suddenly a chariot of fire and horse of fire appeared and Elijah went up to heaven alive. Can you imagine just like talking and then all of a sudden you get picked up by chariot of fire? Here's a man who was picked up by God to go to heaven alive. It's interesting to think about meaning of the ascension of Elijah. What is the journey we take, we take on as a man and, and a woman of God? Well, it's not easy. It's a tough journey to take. Sometimes we learn this from the whole journey of Elijah. Sometimes we have to stand alone. Sometimes things are tough and things can turn from bad to worse. Uh, sometimes we can experience a huge victory like Mount Carmel, but sometimes we fail miserably right after our victory. And we find ourselves lost and depressed like at Mount Horeb. But in this journey, where are we headed? Where is this journey taking us? We come to church right here and, and we read our Bible and we listen to sermons and we praise this journey as a man and woman of God. Where, where is this taking us? What is our destination? The story of a man of God, Elijah, ends with the scene that God picks up Elijah and lifts him up to heaven. Some people die and go up to heaven, like Moses. But some people can be lifted up to heaven alive, like Elijah. Moses and Elijah represent the ultimate destination for men, for all men and women of God. Moses represents those who die, but they rise up to go to heaven. Elijah represents those who will go to heaven alive. So when we die, we do not just die. When we die, that is not the end. Those who 
dying in Christ will be lifted up from our death. Some of us will be lifted up to heaven, alive. That is the destination of our Christian journey in Christ. That is, the, that is in the heart of our belief. Here is the ultimate, his ultimate lesson from the life of Elijah. So Elijah lived as if the kingdom of God is here and now. Though he lived in the time era where the king of his nation was King Ahab, he did not follow the way of his king, his earthly king. Elijah, the name itself kind of explains it. That the, Elijah meant the Lord is my God. Elijah lived as if he belonged to the kingdom of God because his Lord was God. And this is what I mean. Elijah, every day, he walked and lived in the northern kingdom of Israel where King Ahab reigned over the land. But Elijah walked and lived as if God reigned over his life. This meant going against the earthly authority and sometimes standing alone for his faith as a man of God. It's very similar to our calling to go against the earthly culture and sometimes standing alone for our faith as men and women of God. We live in this world we walk in this earthly kingdom, but our Lord can be our God. So what it, what it means is this. If the Lordship of God, if the Lordship of God reigns over my life, then the kingdom of God is here and now for us. The Lordship or the authority over my life is not this earthly kingdom or America, whatever, or Trump, whoever guides us. But if you live a life, walk a life and live a life as if Jesus, God is our Lord, the kingdom of God is here and now in our lives. Then at the end, our destination is heaven. Not the graveyard, but heaven. That is the gospel. That is the word of God that we see today. We will be lifted up. You know how, Jesus, uh, how Paul, Apostle Paul explains it? It's, it's this way. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. This is in the heart of Seventh-day Adventist message. And you're going to see that today is actually in the heart of Adventist message. I'm going to read this for you, okay? Brothers and sisters, this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, 
we who are still alive and are left will be caught up or lifted up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we'll be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The Bible says we will be lifted up, lifted up to the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. There will be whirlwind for us, Loma Linda Church. We will be, we'll be picked up by God, by Jesus. After that, we will be headed where Elijah went for a thousand years. That's what the Bible says. Okay, Loma Linda Church, um, have you ever wondered how a plane, a huge machine-like airplane flies in the air. You know, I'm like a child because every time, every time I see an airplane, it, it kind of amazes me. Like, how can that heavy machinery fly? It's just amazing. I just went on a trip this week. We went to Andrews. We had a pastor's meeting we were in an airplane. You know, every time I see it, like when I see, well, I've never seen it, but when I see like an Airbus A380, huge airplane, how do they fly? Do you know how it works? So this is how it works. Loma in the church, listen carefully, okay? It's all about the wing and the air or the wind. So the way it works is the wing is designed to separate the airstream and it'll go above the wing and below the wing, okay? And when the airplane, using the thrust, meaning the airplane jet engine, and it creates speed for the airplane, and at a certain point, when the wing splits the airstream and then the airstream above the wing and the airstream below the wing, they get separated at a certain speed. What happens is the lower stream, it's, it's slower than the stream on top of the wing. And what happens is when it gets faster, it creates low pressure. And when it gets slow, it creates high pressure. So from the below the wing, when the airstream is slower, it creates high pressure, and at certain speed, when it matches the weight of the airplane, the airplane lifts up. It's called the lift, as you can see right here. It's physics. It's called a science. I'm not an engineer. I have no idea what I just talked about, but apparently that's what happens, okay? And, and so if you have a huge airplane, you need to have a bigger engine, and you, you need a, a bigger speed to lift that airplane up, okay? So that's how it works. It's all about what? The wing and the air, the wind. There was a whirlwind when Elijah was lifted to heaven. Something very interesting about this word whirlwind. In, I almost said in Spanish, uh, in 
Hebrew, the word whirlwind is ruach. You know why? Because the word wind means breath of God in Hebrew. And it's like when God created us, the, throughout the whole Genesis, it talks about this word ruha, because when God gave us breath of life, he went ruah. And then we came to live. It's actually just like that ruah. There's that in the end. It's like ruah. Ruah. And breath of life. So it's kind of like when God went and he breathed into it and he created wind and that wind lifted Elijah up. And this is so important. You know why? Because that breath is also called the Spirit of God. As you know, the wind or the air in the Bible represents what? The Spirit. Let me show you. Look at these verses. Verse 15. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Look, they said, We, your servants, have 50 able men. Let them go and look for your master. Perhaps, this is the same word, no matter in the church. Perhaps the what? Spirit of the Lord. Ruach of the Lord has picked him up and set him down on some mountain in somewhere. And Elijah says, no, don't look for him because he's gone. And they go look for him, 50 men looking for him. They never found Elijah. That's what happens later. Okay? Spirit of the Lord, the Ruha, the breath of God, the Spirit of God brought life to human humanity and the same Spirit of God will take us to heaven. Are you listening to me? In creation, the Ruha created us, gave us life, and that Ruha will give us the lift. Okay, Pastor Richard, um, what, does, what does all of that mean to us? Um, so here's, here's what it means. Loma Linda Church, what does ascension mean to you? The ascension of Elijah points to the ascension of all of us. The lift that Elijah experienced points to the lift that we will experience. The lift of Elijah will also carry and lift all of us. Okay, one more time, I'm gonna, I want you to listen again. This is actually 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians chapter 4 again, uh, verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down, so when Jesus comes, when Jesus comes back down, a second coming, okay, with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet will call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. There will be a resurrection. After that, we who are still alive are left, who are, who are left will be caught up, lifted, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord, where? In the air. Here's something very interesting. You know what happened um, after Elijah was lifted up and he was taken to heaven? What happens is Elijah 
starts his ministry, and then the first thing he does is actually healing of water. He brings healing. And I was thinking, huh, so it's very interesting the way Elijah went up and then Elijah started his ministry. How is that all related? What happens is we see Elijah commissioning Elisha to take over and do all the ministry. Okay? So in many ways, Elisha's ministry was very much like ministry of Jesus. If you look closer, it is actually possible to find uncanny resemblance between Elisha and Jesus. So many similarities. Okay? For a starter, uh, their names have similar meanings. Elisha, God is salvation. And Jesus, Yahweh will save. Okay? Here's today's passage. What we have here is um, we have these two people. Uh, Elijah did all his work, and at that time he felt like there's nobody, nobody was, was with God. And then he finds Elijah, and he goes, well, I did all these things, and now I'm going to hand you the baton, and you take over. And Elijah goes, okay, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over. But what happens is they actually go through this Jordan River, And at Jordan, Elijah and Elijah, they go together, and then there is the whole handing of the baton, right? And then heaven opens up by whirlwind, Elijah gets taken away, okay? What happens later, same river in Jordan River, John the Baptist baptizes Jesus, heaven opens up, there is no ascension, but there is a dissension of the Spirit, You see? Well, is that it? Check this out. So what we have is uh, Elijah doing the work before Elisha and John the Baptist doing the work before Jesus. So Elijah is kind of like John the Baptist and Elisha is kind of like Jesus, right? So how is Elijah like Jesus? Um, There's so many parallels between Elisha and Jesus just to give you a few things, um, um, not just the name, right? Um, here, here are some of the stuff. Uh, Elisha raises a, a woman, okay, woman's son from the dead, and Jesus raised the, the widow's son also during his ministry, okay? And also centurion's um, servant also from the... E- Elisha miraculously feeds 100 men, and there's some leftovers, okay? Jesus feeds 4,000 men and 5,000 men, and there's some leftovers. In chapter 5 of 2 Kings, Elisha heals Naaman, the Syrian, okay? And Jesus himself actually heals people with leprosy, just like Elisha did with Naaman. Elisha's ability, okay, to part the Jordan, and then what happens is there's a story of an axe falling to the Jordan River, and then it kind of comes back up, right? And we have seen Jesus walking on water, and actually Peter wants to come and walk on water. He falls down, and Jesus lifts him up. There was a very greedy servant of Elisha. His name is Gehazi, and what happens is he actually kind of with his greed kind of leaves the Elisha's work. So he kind of 
abandons the work of Elisha. And Jesus has this very special disciple who abandons Jesus, and we know his name, Judas. Not only that, at the tomb of Elisha later on, some bandits show up, some raiders come up, and then they try to steal something, and somehow the bone of of the dead body comes to reach the bone of Elisha and it comes back alive, meaning there was a tomb of Elisha and there was a resurrection. And as we know, at the tomb of Jesus, there was also resurrection of Jesus himself. So many similarities. I can go on and on about all these things. Not only that, in Matthew chapter 11, 14, Jesus himself calls the promise in Malachi and when Jesus sees John the Baptist, he actually calls John the Baptist Elijah. Okay, I don't want anyone get gets confused here, so listen. So here's what I'm talking about. Loma Linda Church, this is actually absolutely amazing. You and I, as women and men of God, have one clear mission. That's it. One clear mission in our life, okay? There's a very clear purpose that God has for us, for all of us. You see, Elijah prepared the way for Elisha. That was his calling. John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus Christ. That was his calling. So Loma Linda Church, what does it mean for us to live our lives like men and women of God? What would be living like Elijah, the man of God? You know, it's funny because when we decided, when we decided to do this series on Elijah, I did not know we're going to come to this kind of conclusion. I had no idea. But this is the conclusion we have. Elijah prepared the way of Elisha. John the Baptist prepared the way for Elijah. Jesus, we as men and women of God are just like Elijah and John the Baptist. The mission, the one mission that we have as a man and a woman of God, the mission is clear. We are here, we are called to prepare the second coming of Jesus. Jesus. At the end of this series, that's all I've got. Prepare for the lift. Prepare for the people for their lift. Tell the world that Jesus is coming back. You know what? I always thought this is a really bad message because, you know, second coming of Jesus... Oh my goodness, I've heard it all my life. All my life, I've heard second coming of Jesus. And at a certain point, I was like, oh, I got a little jaded about second coming of Jesus because I, I thought when I was little that I'll never go to junior high. And when I was in junior high, I thought Jesus was going to come back soon. I'll never go to college. And when I college, I thought Jesus was going to come back soon that I'll never get married. I got married, and I thought, I'll probably, Jesus will probably come back before my kids. And the kids came, you know, My kid is going to college next year. 
And I understand why the Bible says Jesus is coming soon. You know what soon means? You know what soon means? Soon means nobody knows, but there is an end. Soon means nobody knows a time, but there is an end. And as I get older and older, the second coming of Jesus is so clear because my life, my body is so vulnerable. Nobody can guarantee next day. Jesus is coming soon. Loma Linda Church, as a man and a woman of God, that is our purpose, to tell the world, to tell my neighbors that Jesus is coming soon. So how do we apply this to our lives? Let's look at some of the sermons that we went through in this series, okay? And find out how we can apply this to our lives. Um, just look at, looking at Elijah's life, um, what does it mean to be a man and woman of God? It means we need to stand alone against the popular culture sometimes. Sometimes it looks like everyone's going this way, but we need to go the other way if this is not God's way. You know what I mean? It means we may have to speak boldly the message from God to the world or to my neighbors. It means we may have to help the depressed and the despaired, just like Elijah did with the widow who was ready to die. She said, I'm going to eat this and me and my son, we're just going to die. Do ministry for them and teach them that the Lord will provide. It means we may have to find some special way to worship God and glorify God like Elijah on Mount Carmel. It means just like Elijah built his altars and the fire came down, it means we need to build our altars so that the fire of God may come down upon us. Every chance we get, worship God and give Him glory. It also means this journey will not be easy. If you look at the life of Elijah, it was not all that easy. We'll go through times of difficulty and times of discouragement. But then what we learn is that when that happens, we need to listen, we need to rest up and listen to the gentle whisper of God. And then this is very important. How did Elijah end his ministry? He passed the baton to somebody else. He built another person to carry the good work. Loma Linda Church, what it means is that you and I have this very special mission that anything good that we get from God, anything that we have, we have to be a blessing to others and we need to share it. And at a certain point, you and I need to build somebody else. We need to build somebody else. Just like Elijah built Elisha, we need to build somebody else for the work of God. All of this are what we are called to do as men and women of God. All of this are what we must do to prepare 
the second coming of Jesus Christ as men and women of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all these people who showed up this morning in this church, Father. And thank you so much for just this morning reminding us that Jesus is coming back soon and we need to take a part in it as a man and a woman of God. We have a very clear mission and that is tell the world and my neighbors that Jesus is coming soon. We need to prepare the way of the Lord. We need to prepare the way for Jesus Christ to come back. And Lord, this means sometimes it's going to be tough for our lives. And this means sometimes we need to stay away from the popular way in this world. Sometimes it means standing alone for you, Father. But Lord, lead us. Lead us to take that journey as men and women of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand for a closing song. Righteousness being restored These are the days of great trial Of famine and darkness and sword So we are the voice in the desert Crying, preparing the way of the Lord Behold it comes Riding on the clouds Shining like the sun At the trumpet calls your voice, the year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation come. And these are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant, Moses, righteousness being restored. These are the days of great trial, famine and darkness and sword. Still we are the voice in the desert, crying, prepare the way of the Lord. Behold, it comes, riding on the clouds, at the trumpet call, lift your Believe that I 
God of Zion's still salvation comes, whole day comes. At the trumpet call, lift your voice, hear jubilee, and out of Zion's hill salvation. 